0: All right, you're listening to another episode of Cloud & Clear, SADA's cloud transformation podcast. I'm your host, Adam Massey, and today we are pleased to welcome Jake Mackler, VP of Strategy and Partnerships at Quantum Metric, to the show. Before we get started, don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel on your listening platform of choice to stay up to date on the latest Cloud & Clear episodes from SADA. Jake, welcome to the show.
1: Nice to be here, Adam. Love the show. And uh... It's not the first one of a quantum metric member joining, but I hope it's the most fun one. Really, really looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here as well. Um, I'd love to get to know you a little bit more before we get into you know all the meat of the episode and the stuff we're going to talk about. Tell me more about you know how you got to this position in your career and your career arc leading up to this role.
1: Yeah, it's funny. My career and actually Quantum's kind of founding story are very closely intertwined, so I'm not kind of share both here, but. Um, Out of college, I landed a job at the Hartford, like a 200-year-old digital or insurance company with no website and kind of at the beginning of a a really interesting digital journey. And uh, I got to experience that there were all these cool like SaaS and on-premise technologies that um, brands were using like large managed services to build and optimize their digital journeys. And we were right at the beginning of that kind of arc. And one of the tools that I I thought was the coolest was this one called TeeLeap. Uh, T-Leaf was you know, founded in the late 90s, kind of, uh, kind of probably at the end of its arc was getting bought by IBM at the time, but had this really incredible way to track and understand digital experiences and monitor and, opt- and help you optimize them. And the level of visibility provided was just incredible to me. And I kind of felt like I went down this rabbit hole and from then on really wanted to stay in the digital analytics, digital experience space. What's funny about that is that at the exact same time, Mario, the founder of Quantimetric, was also seeing Leaf for the first time through one of his clients at AT and T, and was also seeing that you know the, the modern web was getting more complicated, and that there was an opportunity to build a better mousetrap. And so we kind of, while Mario was, was building this this company that became Quantimetric, I went on to another uh, player, Clicktail, uh, another competitor in the space at the time, and uh, I you know pitched an almost perfect game as a customer success manager at Clicktail. Um, the only deal, the only deal I churned was to an unknown company called quantum uh, It was their first ever customer. And uh, that, that hurt me a little bit, but uh, then, you know, I think in the, in the end it all worked out. And so, um, you know, Mario and I met through a couple of different deals that we actually competed against. And uh, he finally convinced me to join, I think employee number like 25 or so we were, you know, $8 million in revenue, barely had a website, had a really great product though, and had some really Incredible customers doing exciting things with it. Uh, That was about five years ago. Uh, We're now like a real company, five hundred plus people, hundred million revenue. uh, You know, growing rather quickly, especially given the tough times that we're in. And uh, you know, it's just been a really incredible journey. Starting out, just plugging holes in the go-to-market organization and finding uh, you know different ways to help the organization at different times of its growth. And now, my, my current home is in. Partnerships and strategy, working closely with folks like Google Cloud, Sada, our ecosystem, and our product team to deliver the right product to the right ecosystem at the right time. Uh, you know, this has been just the most fun job I've ever had.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And by the way, like I, many, many years ago, I worked in enterprise content management at a company called Interwoven. And I totally remember oh, yeah. T-Leaf back in those days. I think we had an integration to it and it was yeah, such yeah. a new sort of explosive space to figure out not just how to like manage your content, but then the next thing was like how to optimize it and fine tune it for your audience. Uh, so that's a really cool origin story. And,
1: and, and uh, if you think about like Webflow today versus like the content manager platform of then like the disruption that it's, that's occurred there is just crazy as well.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Um, Well, I love, you know, your title is interesting because to me, you're in a very critical role, right? So this whole space you're in, digital experience is, um, is evolving so much. And the scope of the problems you solve feels to me like it's becoming more and more expansive. And, you know, you're running strategy and partnerships. Partnerships is near and dear to my heart, but strategy must be incredibly fun and exciting too, given, you know, how your space is evolving. I'd love to maybe level set a little bit about quantum metric and the space you're in, and what are some of the evolving challenges of customers that you're solving?
1: It's a really interesting space. And, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of consolidation and innovation happening and it's just, just an ever-changing space. And if you think about digital, uh, you know, even when I, when I started, it was, it was kind of rather monolithic, rather simple. Like I remember at the Hartford, we got by with just web only, eventually developed like a, a mobile website. That was kind of the big innovation at the time. And now, when you think about digital, it's not just the .com and the app anymore. You know, I think about United Airlines; it's the kiosk in the airport. It's the actual apps that the flight attendants and the crew scheduling are using. It's the in-flight, uh, you know, display and entertainment system. JPMorgan Chase; it's the ATM. It's what the tellers are using and the contact center reps are using. And each one of those really does shape the customer's perception. And, and there is now this kind of really high bar. Of quality across every single one of those touch points that is interacting with digital, and so it's it's call center, it's merchandising, it's CX, it's fraud. And, you know, I'll give you one example of one of the biggest uh, headaches that we hear from like a lot of these big brands we work with is executive escalations. Uh, you know, the CEO hears from her niece that she tried to do something online and, and couldn't do it, and lights up her entire team and puts a tire team around it, and only to find out that her niece's Wi-Fi was off or something. And, uh, you know, we we just recently came out with this study called the Efficiency Index that found that teams waste, I think it's like two months a year on false positive executive escalations. And I I bring that up as an example because these are the sort of like challenges, like very real challenges that Quantimetric can identify and quantify effectively in real time and provide immediate business answers so you're not just chasing your tail around the circle.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. What about um, on the forward side too, like from a product design standpoint, um, you guys are solving challenges there too, right? So if you use that United example, and I'm thinking about how to nail all these different digital experiences into a cohesive customer experience, you guys play a pretty big role there too as well, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you look, even just like two years ago, there were at least three different categories of analytics. There was uh, traditional web analytics, which Adobe played in. Product analytics, which amplitude public trade company and then experience analytics, which is where we came from and tea leaf came from, et cetera. At this point, that that kind of paradigm, I think for a number of reasons doesn't exist anymore. Everything is converging and brands want a single source of to understand everything about their products and how to make the right decisions, how to run the best experiments, how to validate all the features that they're building across both customer facing and employee facing experiences. And that the bar has gotten so much higher. And I think. We're a beneficiary of that because we're actually able to help some of these really big, complex companies that are trying to work across design, CX, analytics, merchandising, and having that kind of single fabric that they can all uh, use to collaborate and to use data to drive decisions. So um, it, it's, it's a challenging time in the space. The expectations have never been higher, but I think that net of it is that we're, we're a beneficiary of that because of the breadth of insights that our platform can provide.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Um, Switching gears a little bit, I think, first of all, SADA is a very proud quantum metric partner Uh, and customer. We work together in the Google ecosystem quite a bit. Um, One thing I've been incredibly impressed with, you know, how your organization has gone to market is it feels like you punch way above your weight in terms of like go to market and ecosystem leverage. Um, And we play a small part of that, which I'm excited about. But maybe you can share more about how you got to that place, because I think that's a real success story other people would love to learn about.
1: First of all, I would say in terms of punching up your weight, I would say the same thing about SADA as well. Um, So that's something that we have in common. Um, And I think another thing that we have in common is that we both made an early bet on Google and went incredibly deep, like, like ludicrously deep at a time when it was probably not smart to do so. Um, you know, Google wasn't really that relevant in the cloud wars and like everyone else was either going multi-cloud or making the safe bet with AWS or Azure. And I think for both Sata and Quantum, that has really paid off. Um, you know, Google, what, Google I guess is still third by some metrics, but just a totally different landscape now and an incredibly relevant player, both in terms of the brands that are running these incredible workloads on Google. And of course, just like the innovations that are coming out, and, and what's what's coming down the pike as well. And so, um, I, I would say that, that that's definitely something that we both share in our DNA. Is we're not trying to have these surface level relationships with all three cloud players. We made an early bet, um, and it's worked out really well. And, and I think on our side, the alignment between my team, like the, the BD team, and you know the product and engineering organization, which is you know where a CEO led product org effectively, um, has been really important because Mario. Our CEO from the first days of Quantum, when we when we barely had a product, was publishing blog posts about how BigQuery, you know, the petabyte scale analytics were really changing our ability to service our customers. And he's been such a presence with TK, with Kerry Tharp, with some of the, you know these top Google folks, uh, and that makes the partnership so much more possible. Um, now, today, of course, you know we're we're a real company with with a significant amount of revenue. When we first started, we we were very small, um, and we were lucky that the ISV ecosystem then was not as crowded as it is today. But even then, it was a challenge winning mindshare of GC- of FSRs of field sales reps of GCP without having you know every single customer on the planet. And so, you know, we started with CoSell. We worked really hard to capture case studies and just like built a really good ground game where we were just you know treated it kind of like a volume game. You just have to touch every FSR across every account that you care about. A certain amount of times a year, and most of the time, that's not going to lead anywhere. But then, every once in a while, it will lead to an opportunity that more than justifies the effort. And I think my big learning through that process was you got to cast a big shadow until you're big. And you know, we would just try to get water out of, out of every rock. You know, amplify every win that we had. Give Google five times the credit that they deserve just to get to get on their radar, to get the case studies out there, the wind wires, because that is how you begin to actually build some kind of repeatability and name recognition. And then as that started to lead to actual help and actual great wins, it all just kind of built upon itself. And I think for us, all that really culminated in 2020 when we launched on the marketplace, that was kind of like the big next stage of our partnership. And I remember being there, we had this big like celebration and we just kind of waited for the deals to start just rolling in kind of checks to start coming in, that, in the mail. And, you know, it, that obviously didn't happen. It doesn't work that way um, for, for a million reasons that we can, Talk about talk about, but I think that was a key inflection point for us in terms of learning what it would take to get the partnership to the next level. And coincidentally, that's also when Sada came in, um, because we learned that we needed to have like a really tight top down and bottom up motion kind of happening at the same time, and we need like really really good alignment both in, in our organization and in the GCP organization on the top down and bottom up, and that amplification was where Sada has been just. So critical as a partner. Ne- next next up is continued innovation, all that kind of stuff. And I'm just excited to be working with your data and AI team and many others within SAD on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, we, we are as well, Jake. I think one of the things that is so critical in those early stages when you're building that go to market muscle, too, is to realize that you kind of have to translate the value to your audience. So like a Google sales rep, an FSR, you know, they're often thinking about things, at least in cloud, like storage, networking, and compute. They're not thinking necessarily about digital experience and some of the unique use cases you serve in key industries. And so one of the key things I've found is like that early translation of like, oh, this translates to consumption on networking, storage, and compute, or BigQuery through these things. And before you know it, you've got this really tightly integrated go-to-market where you know, to the Google person, you're like an extension of cloud, right? You drive consumption through a completely different set of, you know, users, buyers, use cases, et cetera. And that's where there's a lot of power early on. And then I totally agree with you. I've spent many years in the marketplace side of things. And all of a sudden that unlocks this new sort of commercial catalyst where you can just take friction out of the process with the customer and make it super easy for a customer who's making a big commitment to Google Cloud or already has one. To consume quantum metric in a way that's commercially very, very aligned and not, I wouldn't say 100% frictionless, but far, far smoother than, than otherwise. So, you know, we love that. I think one of the things that we're trying to do a lot is also, you know, we love quantum metric as a way to showcase how innovative companies, SaaS companies can leverage the Google stack, but then more and more, you know, you and your team and my team do a bunch of events together. So I actually you know, have gone to like baseball games with your team, and oh, yeah. things like that. Where we'll bring our customers together and show them the power of quantum metric on Google cloud and provide this really comprehensive and cohesive customer experience together. And so for us, it's just been a total pleasure to work with you guys, incredibly fast, innovative, and really fun to work with. And together, I think we're having dramatic impact with customers that we're bringing on board. So it's been real fun.
1: Can't agree more, um, both in terms of the marketplace as just this like, really interesting economic model that like, if you're not as a SaaS company leveraging it, like talk to SADA because like there is just so much value that you're leaving on the table otherwise. And then yes, the the events are are my favorite part of all of this. So yeah, can't agree more.
0: Um, This is great. So one thing I wanted to kind of pick your brain on a little bit are some of the emerging trends in your space, but kind of overall that you're harnessing. So you're in the strategy role, which means in my mind, I'm thinking you're, you're not only looking at the current strategy, but thinking about like, what are the next big things that are coming? Um, Clearly like in the world in general, but also in Google's uh, world, uh, AI is exploding right now, generative AI is completely uh, out of control and really exciting to see the incredible use cases and potential that's coming out. Um, How do you look at some of those emerging technologies and think about like the future of quantum metric and next generation use cases for customers and things like that?
1: Yeah, I think so. At like the broadest strategy level, um, it's an interesting time in in the technology industry right now because companies that raised money in 2021 at in, insane valuations are now starting to like feel the cash crunch, and uh, I think there's going to be just a lot of consolidation and just some interesting things happening in in tech tech broadly over the next 12 months, you know, recession or not, um, because I don't we're not going to reward growth in the same way, and so. It's, just, it's going to be a, a, a different era this next one, but for the companies that are well run, that have you know good net retention, etc., I think those, those are going to continue to get stronger, and I'm excited to see how that impacts us. Um, now, Gen AI, like we, we let's just pivot and do an entire podcast on that because w- what a freaking cool time to be alive and time to be in technology and to have access to te- like really brilliant tech teams, etc though I can't like say much directly, I'll, I'll say whatever I can because I just like to talk about it. But I think what I believe and is that the commercial hype is, is a lot more real than some of the skeptics thought initially. Um, I believe Google, when they say that there's going to be a world in the not too distant future when there's going to be, you know, Gen AI haves and Gen AI have nots or native Gen AI and non-native Gen AI. I mean, I think it's going to be the next big, like, bifurcation like a lot of like mobile or social were in the past. Um, I also do believe that you can't really build it yourself. Um, At least you can't really train a foundational model yourself without some crazy funding and economics. I think like Google's model costs like $30 million to train over some pretty long period of time. Um, And so, you know, who has the, what, what individual company has the money to do that? Uh, you know at least at like a SaaS company level. And so it's gonna be an interesting moment, like similar to the cloud revolution where you're gonna to have to pick your provider, but also kind of be wary of how stuck you are with that provider and, and kind of think about the ancillary technologies around it. So it will kind of from an ecosystem strategy perspective, it's gonna be really interesting. Um, then then on kind of the use case side of it, um, gosh, I, I just like from a consumer side, consumer AI, like this has been such a cool six months. Uh, Chat GPT, code interpreter, auto GPT, um, just all of these things that I've had all these moments of like, how is this real? Um, but one of the things that I've learned now adopting in my day job is that the needs of a company and the needs of a human or a consumer are just like so different. So for me, it's like, you know, what do I do it, uh, on Tuesday in Los Angeles or write me a limerick about Kubernetes or, you know, obviously there's like really cool like coding use cases, but it's all about like, Give me an answer to a question. Whereas from the enterprise perspective, it's like, what is the smallest model? What is the cheapest model, safest? And like, how do you right size the accuracy of the model to the economics of the model? Uh, And like, so the the questions are just like, totally different that you would ask. um, And and the requirements uh, of what you need from the enterprise side, it's kind of blown my mind because I was so I felt like I knew what I was talking about on the consumer side. But now, in these enterprise conversations, I'm realizing that um, there's going to be a whole lot of companies that arise out of this that uh, are, are going to be really like at least from the administrative side. Like, I think the companies that help you manage cloud costs, like that'll be a whole category for Gen AI token usage and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's, it's going to be cool. And then bringing it back to quantum, um, you know, I, I think that the future winners of AI are not the ones that are quickest to slap a chatbot on their site and launch a press release. Um, you know. I I believe, and I think Quantum, we we believe that having the most, the richest data, the first part of data is is really going to be the most, the differentiator for companies in the future. You know, having the data means you can train a model on the data. Having that custom model gives you a moat, uh, you know, against competition in the future. You know, we saw um, Bloomberg launched Bloomberg GPT, and the, the big kind of backing of that was like, I think 51% of the data was proprietary Bloomberg data that cannot be scraped by any other model. I'm like that is what will define corporate value in the future. And so, for Quantum, you know, we have billions of user sessions of the best brands in the world. Every single user behavior, every single gesture, every single moment that these enterprises are having with their brands that they really can't access anywhere else. And so, when we think about Gen AI, we think about the opportunity to unlock really unique and interesting value from that data set. And the things that we're, we're talking about with Google, with SATA, range from like tactical efficiency gains to like actual science fiction. And I can't go into detail, but I'm, uh, I'm just so excited.
0: Yeah, I, I am too. I mean, I, and I agree with so many of your points. Like um, it's the first technology that I've seen where as it's breaking sort of boundaries day to day, you have your CTO talking about it. And then your like your kid's soccer game and parents on the sideline are talking about, you know, 100%. chat GPT and how it can write papers. And I think a lot of the foundational things that if you've looked at any, any past sort of technology revolution or evolution that's taken place, like at some point you got to address security and then governance and all these things. And like, I'm already seeing that stuff, like the pace of all that stuff coming together you know, at least an order of magnitude faster than in the past. So it's really exciting to see how quickly this is evolving and the impact it's going to have. Uh, and I totally agree with you. I think like the the differentiation around data is going to be massive. And so companies who are sitting on a lot of unique, interesting data are going to have an incredible advantage in terms of creating experiences and use cases that are unparalleled and highly, highly yeah. valuable and impactful. So, um, yeah, we're 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 in the in a fun position of being able to work with a lot of customers right now who are just trying to figure out like what does this mean for my industry, how am I going to be disrupted, and then how can I create competitive advantage very rapidly, um, and then everything in between. So it, it's definitely a fun place to be as a technologist. It's a great time to be alive,
1: and it's uh, cool to see both both Sada and Quantum. You know, we're, we're nimble, we're very tech led, and, and we're going to be the ones that are hopefully, you know, pushing the envelope with us. Absolutely. Yeah. Very exciting.
0: Um, I guess, like, just to kind of close as we start to wrap up here, uh, what's next for the
1: partnership? You're going to be at Google Next, right? Of course. Uh, yeah. I I mean, the, the SADA team, just end-to-end, is just so good to work with. Uh, I'm really excited. We're working with your data and AI team right now. We want to find, you know, I think we've taken the Google partnership really far, really primarily around economics, you know, co-sell, marketplace, yeah. et cetera. Um, and the value of the big brands that we work with, but you know that next iteration is just just further deeper integration with the, the products that GCP sellers and GCP customers care about. Um, you know, G- GCP is doing a lot of interesting things around product discovery that we we love. Contact center, Gen AI, and so Sata really is our kind of mole within the Google strategy or an organization to understand. What's moving the needle at Google and how can we best you know, go where the puck is headed by building into the most relevant uh, capabilities within Google that will help tell the most complete story possible, ideally roping in multiple other ISVs, uh, et cetera. So i yeah, you know, that, pushing that, the envelope and excited to go there with you.
0: Yeah, we are too. And it's so much fun to see our sellers and technical leaders out there talking to our customers about just those exact things, like how we can introduce you know, your solutions into the mix with some of these emerging technologies from Google and some older ones as well. Like we're seeing a really amazing renaissance right now, it feels like, around workspace. So many customers are leaning into workspace and with their AI integrations they're adding, it's yes. like getting incredible we use it and it's it's amazing. So uh, well, I will also be at Google Next, wouldn't miss it for the world. Look forward to hanging out with you and the rest of the quantum metric team there. Um, and yeah, let's just keep on innovating together and keep pushing the envelope together. And we'll do another one of these and recap sort of the next phase of growth, maybe you know a few months down the road. But Jake, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a pleasure talking to you today.
1: Likewise, Adam, I can't wait for the victory lap with you soon.
0: Yeah, me too. All
1: right, thank you and everyone,
0: thank you for listening. This has been a great session and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.